Welcome to God at Work, Stories of Grace and Faith. I'm your host, Chuck Groover. Last time, we took a look at the life of Charles Wesley, the forgotten Wesley, and what some would consider to be the greatest hymn writer ever known. Today, I will start basically a two-parter looking specifically at his hymn writing and talking about a couple of his hymns specifically. Today I'll look at some of his more hymns that generally are sung throughout the year, and next time, as basically a special uh, Christmas episode, I will look at two of his well-known Christmas hymns. When considering Wesley's hymns, his conversion had a clear impact on his writing and doctrine, um, especially when it comes, came to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. While after 1738, this change can actually be seen in, within his sermons, but it was basically most noticeable in the hymns that he wrote after that point. Um, an example is in one of the hymns that he wrote, The Holy Ghost, in part we know, for with us he resides, our whole of good to him we owe, whom by his grace he guides. He doth our virtuous, her virtues, thoughts inspire, the evil he averts, and every seed of good desire he plants in our hearts. He communicates several doctrines within his writing, including, besides just specifically the overall aspect of the Holy Spirit, the personal indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, the depravity of mankind, and humanity's personal accountability to God. His hymns have had an influence not only on Methodism or the Methodists, but on modern theology as a whole. His hymns are pretty much notable as interpretations of scripture, but he also produced actual paraphrases of the Psalms, contributing to the tradition of English metrical psalmody. Uh, one noticeable aspect or one notable aspect of his psalms is the introduction of Jesus into them following the tradition of christological readings of the psalms this concept of reading Christ into the psalms was pretty much one of controversy i guess uh across Christianity, but even was a source of controversy within Wesley's own family, where one of his, one of his older brothers, uh, Samuel, uh, wrote, actually wrote a poem against the practice of Christological readings of the Psalms. Uh, in the course of his career, Charles wrote uh, over 6,000 hymns, and many of them are still popular today. Uh, the Methodist hymn book 
hymns and psalms contains 150 of his hymns alone. Uh, one such hymn I want to look at is O Four Thousand Tongues to Sing. Uh, the story behind this this hymn was that basically after suffering about of pleurisy back in May of 1738 he was plagued by extreme doubts of faith. This was pretty much right before his what he considers his conversion. Uh, it was during this that when his sickness had basically reached a peak and had him bedridden on May 21st, he was attended to by a group of Christians who not only offered him basic care, but offered him testimony, which deeply affected him. It was at this point where he started to actually dig into his Bible and really found himself coming to peace with God. And his strengths actually began to return. And as I said, he considered this experience as a renewal of his faith. Uh, it was around this time, or a couple weeks later, that his brother John had a similar experience of renewing of his faith. Uh, one year later, Wesley actually had the urge to write a hymn in commemoration of his renewal of faith. It took the form of an 18 stanza poem, beginning with the opening lines, Glory to God, and praise and love be ever, ever given. But it's the seventh verse, which is actually used for the ver first verse of a much shorter version of the hymn, which begins, O for a thousand tongues to sing, and actually recalls Peter Bowler's words, who was pretty much another preacher who worked alongside the Wesleys around that time, from what I could gather, uh, he had said the words, Had I a thousand tongues, I would praise him, meaning God, with them all. Another popular uh, hymn by Charles Wesley that I want to look at today is Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Again, this hymn is pretty much to some extent tied with his conversion. Uh, I tried to find the story behind this hymn, but the places I looked mentioned that they were that basically the story behind the hymn, there were numerous stories about the origin of the hymn, which none of them really knew which one was the true story, and didn't really list the actual stories, but the one thing that was pretty much agreed upon, as I mentioned, was Charles wrote this hymn shortly, also shortly after his conversion in 1738. Uh, some speculate that with the sea imagery that's used in the hymn, it's a reflection of his and John's uh, tumultuous sea journey back in 1736. Uh, but to some extent, just like some of the other hymns that I wanted to 
look at this season, uh, the story wasn't so much about the composition of the hymn, but you find the story more in its influence and popularity. Uh, Jesus, Lover of My Soul is a hymn that the American preacher Henry Ward Beecher stated of this hymn, I would rather have written this hymn of Wesley's than to have the fame of all the kings that ever sat on earth. Charles Spurgeon was said to have opened the services that he held at Exeter Hall with Jesus Lover of My Soul. A Great Awakening Revivalist Charles Finney, who we'll look at next season, is said to have sang this hymn on his deathbed while the mourners of D.L. Moody, another person we'll look at next season, is are said to have sang this hymn as Moody was being lowered into the grave. But I will say, out of the stories I heard regarding Jesus, lover of my soul, the most interesting story of this hymn pretty much took place during and after the American Civil War. The story goes that there was basically a, con a Confederate veteran, pretty much, I don't know if he was sitting at a bar or in an, basically he was in some sort of restaurant type place, but he was sitting someplace recounting of a story that took place back in 1864, where as a Confederate soldier he was on patrol and actually happened upon a Union sentry. This Confederate soldier aimed his gun with a clear line of vision and was about to pull the trigger when the sentry began to sing, Jesus, lover of my soul. hidden, the Confederate soldier listened as the sentry continued to sing, and he eventually put his gun down and crept away, unable to kill the Union sentry. Basically, upon the Confederate soldier, in this public setting, retelling the story of that night in 1864, a Union veteran that was there at the time asked him if it was during the Battle of Atlanta in 1864, as that Union veteran was the century, Union century, singing the hymn. And it was due to his fear of battle and a sense of hopelessness that he felt on that night while on patrol where the singing of that specific hymn actually brought him a sense of peace and comfort. So, again, that's it for this time. That was, again, that was probably the most 
interesting and powerful story regarding Jesus' love for my lover of my soul. Um, next time, as I said, I'll look at some of Wesley's hymns regarding his Christmas hymns, specifically, I believe it was Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I can't remember. Oh, it's like, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, or something. But, yeah, next time I'll look at a couple of his Christmas hymns for a special Christmas episode, as it will be December 1st. Uh, so, again, this is Chuck Groover on a couple of hymns by Charles Wesley, and that's God at Work. God at Work, Stories of Grace and Faith, is brought to you by Becoming God's Man Ministries and is written and produced by Charles Groover. If you have any questions, comments, or stories of how God has worked in your life that you would like to share, you can contact us at stories at godatworkpodcast.com or by leaving a voicemail or texting 727-315-0830. If you would like to support God at Work or Becoming God's Man Ministries, you can find out how by going to either godatworkpodcast.com or becominggodsman.com. Opening theme is Fine Line and closing theme is Airline, both by Geographer and obtained from the YouTube audio library. And as always, thank you for listening.